before we get started with the podcast, I want to tell you about a couple of exciting opportunities we have coming up that you may be interested in. We believe in experiences. In fact, experiences have the power to rewire our brains in ways that information does not. And guys, our experiences at Stay Forth are powerful. We call them ridiculously refreshing experiences for leaders. Whether you consider yourself a leader or not, you have influence and you probably need replenishment more than you think. We've got two great experiences coming up we still have space on. The first one is a ladies experience this summer in beautiful Buena Vista, Colorado, looking up at 14,000 foot peaks, relaxing in a hot springs, getting together with some other ladies to be encouraged, talk about hard questions and go back rejuvenated. The second one is a framework that I am co-leading as part of an experience also in beautiful Buena Vista, Colorado. We will be leading you through a framework from launching your big idea all the way backwards to what is your concept, what is your idea that you want to launch, and then of course, how do you get there to launch, and beyond that, how do you sustainably continue to lead this thing, make sure that it impacts other people and it doesn't take you down in the process or burn you out or push you too hard. We are really excited about mixing a replenishing experience and a strategic coaching experience together for the Colorado collaboration. Those two experiences you can find on our Stay Forth site. Just click on experiences or go to stayforth.com backslash go forth. That's stayforth.com backslash go forth. Guys, I want to remind you, we are in the middle of a series where we are hearing from female leaders only. For this season, we are hearing from female leaders, some incredible leaders. We've talked about some of the joys and challenges of being a female and leading. We've talked about some of the unique opportunities there are as females right now. And this episode, we actually wanted to bring back from our Healthy Leaders Summit in October. I have a conversation with Jenny Katrin, and we talk about culture. Guys, I am noticing that culture is unraveling for some teams and organizations right now. You hear about big things in the news, but you don't hear about the little things that are chipping away at organizational culture. This is so important. Jenny is an expert. She's a thought leader. She was in the music industry for many years. She's been an executive pastor. Now she serves as a consultant, helping organizations to create healthy culture. She is near and dear to our hearts. She's become a friend. She is an amazing leader, thought leader, writer, author, and of course, consultant on this really important topic of culture. This is from our Healthy Leaders Summit. So if you watched this talk, you may recognize or remember some of the things she's talking about. Also wanted to let you know that the Lifetime Pass is still available. So if you want to go back and get all of the content, four days of incredible talks from around 40 leaders, you can go to healthyleadersummit.com and you can just click the Lifetime Pass. You can get that for just 59 bucks. All the content, you can consume it yourself. Watch it with your team. There's one team that reached out this week and said every single week for staff meeting, they watch part of a Healthy Leader Summit talk and they together discuss it and grow as a team. We love hearing that. So Jenny's thoughts on culture are timeless. I also believe they are timely for this moment. So listen to thought leader, author, and consultant on this very important topic of creating healthy culture. Jenny Katrin. We continue to talk about healthy leadership, and today we're talking about culture. How do we cultivate healthy rhythms in macro in our culture? 
And truthfully, we know that there's so much unhealthy culture around us. We've probably all been sucked into unhealthy culture. And uh, I love having this conversation with Jenny today. Uh, Jenny, you love culture and you actually help organizations grow in their culture. We don't just want to avoid unhealthy culture. We want to be leaders that lead forward with healthy change. And hopefully today we can demystify some of that and actually become cultivators of that healthy culture. And so before we get rocking, can you just define culture for us? Sure, sure. Um, You know, and Alan, thanks for the conversation. I'm a big believer in the importance of great culture. And for me, when I'm speaking of culture, I mean, we can talk about it in a lot of contexts. I will talk about it in within the team culture. And uh, it's really those values and beliefs and behaviors that embody who you are as a team or who you are as a group of people. So when I'm talking about culture, we're talking about those, you know, kind of that, that ethos, that DNA, that's who makes us who we are and how we do what we do. So in many ways, culture is how we live out our mission and vision as a group of people aligned and working together. Beautiful. Now, why is that so crucial in an organization? Sure. Well, and there's a ton of research on just how disengaged, um, particularly employees are in their work cultures in that we're, we're, you know, we've all been a part of, of a work environment, sadly, where we were like, get me out of here. How fast, you know, how quick am I done? When is this over? And we just know that that is a miserable experience. And, you know, we, again, statistics tell us that we don't leave um, jobs, we leave our bosses or we leave the people. And so, so much of, I mean, it's how we're wired as humans is the people that we're with, right? It, uh, that's what brings life and energy to us. Obviously we all want to be fulfilling a sense of calling and purpose and, and mission that is unique to who God has designed us to be, but who we do that with is really, really important. And that's what culture is. Culture is the collective Uh, nuances of all of the individuals that are a part of a team. We're all shaping the culture together. And if you're a part of a culture that's draining the life out of you, you're not going to stick around. And so uh, it's really critical for us as leaders that we understand that we have a disproportionate like voice in the shaping of culture. Like everybody's contributing, but as the leader, we have a disproportionate influence in how do we shape the environment that can help our teams, our employees, uh, stay engaged and stay connected to what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's so true. So take us inside of an unhealthy culture. What does that oh. feel like? What does that smell like? What does that taste like <laughs> in an unhealthy culture? Give us some indicators. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it is it's just the it's the kind of place where um, you just don't feel inspired and 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 let me clarify that a little bit. Uh, work is work, right? There are some times where we have to do work that is just, you know, you got to pull up your bootstraps and like make it happen and get it done. So I'm not saying that everything is like kumbaya and, you know, not, it doesn't require some actual work, but unhealthy cultures, they drain the life out of us. They discourage us. We're demotivated. We're, uh, we're, we're not energized and excited about the work we're doing. And granted every, every environment kind of ebb and flows, but if consistently uh, you're a part of an environment that is draining the life out of you. It could because of because it could be because of of an unhealthy culture. Could be maybe you're not in a role that's a right fit for you. So there's a little bit of clarification in that. You know, sure. just as you're sorting out, hey, why am I not thriving in this environment? But but by and large, an unhealthy culture is just going to be discouraging. It's going to be de- demotivating. 
Um, people aren't unified. To, there's more infighting and strife within the team rather than a unified and collaborative culture. So you start to see those dichotomies of unhealthy cultures. Uh, just they really drain the life out of us. That's the, the bottom line. Sure. I think we know that feeling, right? We've tasted some of that. Uh, give us the opposite. In, in a culture that you would assess as healthy, what are some of the indicators that you see? Yeah. You know, what's funny is that sometimes people will assume that healthy cultures um, are just kind of uh, smooth sailing and easygoing. But a lot of times, even a healthy culture, you know, I remember one of the organizations that I was a part of pretty early on in my, uh, my leadership journey was a young, scrappy startup. It was a record company in Nashville. And uh, we worked crazy hours. We were there all the time. I mean, it wasn't healthy from a like work hour standpoint, but the energy and commitment to mission was incredibly healthy. Like everybody saw their place in the team. Everybody um, felt empowered and engaged and believed in. And that's a big part of culture too, is that as leaders, we're creating a cult, we're creating an environment where our teams and our individuals on our teams feel believed in, feel supported. Um, it's not that it's easy because this also, this environment for me that I say is still one of the healthiest cultures that I've been a part of. Uh, it stretched me. I was challenged. I was in over my head some days trying to figure out how do I rise to this? But my leaders believed in me. They saw the potential in me. And then they resourced me to be able to uh, to try and sometimes fail. And so there's there's those different dynamics are at play in a healthy culture. There's this, and here's what I would say is really key. There's a shared understanding of expectations in what we believe and how we are going to accomplish what we believe. And that shared expectation and the clarity on those values and behaviors uh, is really, really key to a healthy culture. Yeah, that's good. Uh, some teams are actually watching this together, listening to this together, uh, some separately. And so I, I realize sometimes this is hard to look at this as a team. And I appreciate the fact that it's not perfect. It's not that it's easy. It's not that everyone is you know, working a clean exact 40 hours a week, every single week but there's growth, there's motivation, there's inspiration. We're going somewhere together. I know all those feelings uh, when you describe those, uh, but everybody has influence. And you said the leader has a disproportionate amount of influence on the culture. So how can a leader cultivate a healthy culture? Yeah, this is and such a key question because I think sometimes even as a leader, we feel like we've kind of been dealt the culture we've been dealt, right? You know, so you you just kind of how do you how do you influence this? If the, you know, because none of our cultures are perfect. You just said that, but they're not perfect because they're made of a bunch of imperfect people. But what we're what we're what we're defining is what we're aspiring to. Who do we want to be as a team working together to accomplish this mission that we're all passionate about? And I know we have a lot of church leaders watching and listening. We have a lot of uh, nonprofits and ministry leaders watching and listening. Like we care deeply about the mission. So we want to create an environment where people are united and aligned to accomplish that together. So, um, you know, so the, the key thing for us as leaders is to first recognize that we do have that disproportionate influence and we can go first in helping identify and shape the culture that we want. The second thing that I would say is um, you have to start with trying to define it. And this is sometimes what becomes a sticking point for some leaders because they're like, well, how do I, I, you know, like, I don't want to get rigid. I don't want to get bureaucratic about it. I want people to just understand who we are and operate from that. And really what they're saying, and this is, this happens for a lot of um, 
senior leaders that maybe were the founding leader or were, you know, are leading the organization into a new season, um, they will, you know, high visionary leaders will just kind of expect that everybody will catch the culture, right? Like they'll just like, you'll just like, cause it's so inter- like, it's so, um, in them, like what the culture that they want to be yeah. true of their organization just is so clear to them that they have difficulty figuring out how to articulate it to their team. Yeah. And so the starting point there is to, uh, it, it's values are the anchor for me. Now I have to preface this because we've all been part of organizations that have written values and written this beautiful document or put them on the wall somewhere in our, our offices. And they're kind of a joke. Yep. If we're honest, right? Yep. Like we all kind of walk by it and we're like, yeah, remember when we brought a consultant in to do that work? That's right. That's great. Right. Because we stopped there. And so this is like values are a key part of defining culture. And in fact, uh, my equation for culture is that values multiplied by behaviors equals culture. And what happens is most of us stop at just the de- definition of values. And we don't take that a layer deeper to say, what do we mean by that? What does that look like here? Because responsiveness in your culture and responsiveness in my culture could look very different, right? Like yeah. you could have, your team could have a commitment that being responsive to your, the, the uh, clients that you coach, you're going to respond within an hour, let's say. I, mean, I don't need to impose a crazy value on you, but, or, and let's say my team says we're going to respond within 24 hours. Well, let's say one of my coaches goes and works for you. All of a sudden, they're like, responsiveness means we respond in 24 hours. And you're like, what? Like, we respond in an hour. Like, we, you know, we want to respond that quickly to our, to the people we serve. And so it's really easy for there to be, like, misunderstandings even around a shared word or a shared value. And so this is the work that leaders need to do is to say, hey, it's not enough to say these are our values. We've got to say, and I actually say there's another hidden one behind it. What's the belief that supports that value? Why? Why is this value important? And then what are the behaviors? How do we behave that reflects that value in our culture? And that clarity and distinctiveness really starts to help shape and inform how your team operates. And Mm -hmm. that's really key. So I would say that that framework right there of, of defining those values, but then giving those beliefs and behaviors that support them. Uh, that's really a, the key to starting to embed um, those values inside your culture. Yeah, that's, that's really good and really helpful. You're talking about early in an organization, the culture is basically osmosis from the leader. Totally. And it's just the things that that I or we say, we do, we're small enough team, we can sort of contain every conversation. Obviously, teams get complex and good yeah. things happen and hard growth there happens. So what would you say to a solopreneur or a church planter or a small ministry or nonprofit or business leader listening that realizes we have grown in numbers. We want to make sure we grow in our culture and scale that up over time. What are some key practices to make sure that our values scale as the organization grows? That's so good. And so true. Cause this is what, where we typically get in trouble and where leaders often call me and my team is that, Hey, they, everybody used to get it. You know, I hear that phrase all the time. We used to, every, we used to get it. It used to happen naturally. Everybody understood how we do things. And now all of a sudden, like, I don't understand why this person did this over here. That feels so incongruent with who we are. And it's because not everybody has that proximity to the senior leader to catch it. 
to catch culture. And so my coaching there is to say, hey, you've got to move from culture being caught to culture being taught. And that immediately creates some tension internally for leaders because the, the fear is that if we start to teach it and make it more systematized, it will become bureaucratic and lose like that, that heart that was behind, you know, the, that early culture that you set. I actually believe if done well, you, you, the heart can stay in it and it can, it can scale with your organization. So what I would encourage, like if you're in the early stages of your organization and your whole team can still get around the dinner table together, that's always like the the uh, litmus test for me, as soon as you can't be around the dinner table together, your team is too big and you've got to start systematizing some of these cultural elements in order for it to, for your organization to, for the culture to grow consistently with your organization. Yeah. Um, but, um, so as soon as, you know, right now is the time, if you're still in one of those smaller teams right now is the time to say, Hey, when are we at our best? And start like, not just let it be the thing you feel and kind of know, like get it out on paper, start like, you know, as a team, start putting that stuff up on the whiteboard and saying, Hey, when are we at our best? What are the things that really reflect us and help and make us distinct from another organization? Because there are a zillion values we could have. We need to, we need to extract the ones that are really unique and distinct to us. Um, you and I are both going to have high values of character for the people on our teams. It's kind of a pay to play, right? Like I, I, I hope I'm not hiring somebody whom I haven't vetted their character to say, so I don't need character to be one of the key ones. And my, you know, my top, and I recommend three to five values that really distinctively set your team apart. Um, but right now when your team is small is the time to extract those and to try to start putting language to them. And then once you put the language to them, then you can say, okay, let's envision a new team member coming on. How do we um, catch them up? Like, what do we need to do to help catch them up on the years of culture shaping we've been a part of? How do we how do we bring them along with us into that process? And so then I say, look at the life cycle of that employee and and look at from the time they, you know, we're interviewing them to the time they join the team to their onboarding, you know, how are we helping catch them up on the values so that they're really equipped to understand them? Um, how do we make sure we're reinforcing in our regular rhythms of organizational life from staff meetings, performance reviews, um, and uh, re annual retreats, you know, just the different functions of our organizational life. How are our values, beliefs, and behaviors showing up so that it's just a consistent part of who we are and what we talk about? Mm -hmm. And that that's the framework that starts helping you really set the culture and keep it consistent. Yeah, that's, that's really good, really helpful. So... A lot of people have been working decentralized in this season since sure. COVID hit. Some people are saying, I don't want to go back. This has been so helpful. Uh, this yeah. is helpful for our team. We don't want to pay for office expenses in the future. Um, and that's going to have some changes and some challenges. So what would you say to decentralized teams that want sure. to continue to maintain their culture or even grow into a healthier culture as they're completely decentralized? Really, really good question and important discussion for leaders to be having right now because your culture is being um, shifted by decentralization if you weren't already a decentralized team. So what you have to understand is that the circumstances have changed your behavior, which is reshaping your culture. Uh, and so it, it, you kind of need to hit a reset and say, okay, 
if you had very, if you had good clarified values prior to the pandemic, um, you should revisit them to just say, Hey, are there any values that have shifted or are more elevated? And one of the things that I've encouraged teams, even over the last handful of months, while we've been navigating this year is, um, you may have had, you may actually have to introduce a few more values, um, communication just became a really critical value for decentralized teams, right? Um, How to collaborate in a decentralized um, environment. So there's probably some values that have shifted, if not um, at least the behaviors have. And so I would go back to that framework. I'd go back to whatever we had previously defined as our values and just say, does anything need to be adjusted because our circumstances have been adjusted so so significantly. So even if we have a value of res- responsiveness, well, are there new behaviors we need to define because of how we respond in a decentralized culture? Um, or, you know, if we have a value of collaboration, well, what does collaboration look like now that we're decentralized? So going back and saying, with under these new circumstances, what is that change in our values and or behaviors and just clarifying that and resetting it for your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think as we've taken on pain in this season and as we've taken on change and chaos, even yeah. this season, um, <coughs> excuse me, let me start that over again. As we've taken on pain and change and chaos in this season, I, I know that a lot of cultures have taken a hit. I know that a lot of cultures that used to communicate a lot um, that used to you know regularly be at, at, you know, meeting times, people can't necessarily make it. And so I think there's been some good leniency, but there's just been a lot of pain that we're processing as well. And I, and I sense a lot of cultures need to rebuild in this next season. So if you could just give leaders maybe one or two practices, just very simple things that leaders could do in any culture to be able to raise that health level two or three points, what would you recommend, Jenny? Yeah, that's so good. And first of all, just even uh, right there is the awareness piece, right? Of that, that as leaders, we're paying attention to all of the extenuating factors that are impacting our teams, right? So I would just say to leaders, hey, um, if you're noticing, and, and by the way, crisis either unites us or divides us. So our culture got really yep. clear. The, the health or the unhealth of our cultures is probably really glaringly obvious right now. Right. And, the, and guys, like no shame in that. No shame, it, no guilt. It, it, is, it is just what it is we have the opportunity to lead through it. So I would say, um, first of all, just reach out and listen to your teams. So uh, as, a, as a leader, I would do a listening tour, right? Of like, you know, do a few Zoom meetings with a, a handful of your team members or do some one-on-one calls to say, hey, give me, you know, now that we're trying to figure out our new normal or whatever we want to call it, um, tell me, you know, how, how can we best serve you? How can we help you succeed at, in this organization, given all the circumstances that you're navigating? Because I promise you, you still have blind spots to what the challenges some of your team members are facing. And so you need, and, and I realize for most of us as leaders, we've had to be reacting and pivoting and adjusting and, you know, shifting our strategies to be able to keep our organizations running and, and on mission, now is the time to pause and connect with your team and really hear from them, listen to them. And then that can help inform some decisions you need to make about what's next and what's moving forward. The other thing is that I would say is they need to see you 
And so I, I, leaders need to be more visible than they even think. And I realize visibility is challenged, right? We're talking about video screens most of the time. Um, and so uh, figure out, you know, like whatever rhythm of connection you've had with your team over the last handful of months, um, revisit that rhythm and reset it. So if you were meeting once a month as an all staff, you might need to go to twice a month. If you were doing once a week, you might need to do another like 10 minute check-in on Fridays or so I would say connect and listen to your team and then reset your engagement and your rhythms with them based upon what you hear. Those would be the first two things I would encourage. That's great. That's great. And we can all apply that uh, to our teams and there's all kinds of new technology uh, these days. Zoom continues to upgrade. There are things like Marco Polo. I'm watching cultures get very, very unique uh, around what they're doing that yeah. fits who they are working in different time zones as a challenge and those kind of yeah. things. But now is the time. If you're listening to this, you have any level of influence. Uh, we have just survived uh, through a lot, but now is the time I believe that cultures really can rebuild and thrive. The last question that we're asking Jenny, the 2030 question uh, is this in 2030, what do you hope people say about how you and your team walked through the crazy year that has been 2020? Ah, it's a great question. And, you know, I mean, I hope that they say that we kind of held the, held the arms up of some leaders, you know, because the Foresight Group is committed to cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Our desire is to help support and encourage leaders. And I hope that we were, uh, we were the ones holding the arms up of leaders, that they look back and they say, man, they helped us like lead through that well. They were they were supporting us in in every way they could, um, and I think you know a, a driving thing for me. I don't know if you've seen this, but there was a recent study that came out from Barna that said eighty two percent of young adults think that there are no good leaders that were in a leadership crisis, and uh, that's only going to be exasperated by the ex- additional pressure leaders are facing, particularly this year. And so I just have a deep passion to change that perspective of leadership, right? And so if, and I know you share the passion for healthy leaders, here we are, the Healthy Leaders Summit, you know, and um, that um, I I would love to see in another 10 years, that stat completely change, that leaders are thriving and they're healthy and that young leaders say there are some extraordinary leaders for us to look up to. And I hope that Foresight has helped contribute to that in some way.
for so long.